Please listen carefully. Hello, universe. Welcome to the Optimist Daily Update. I'm Carissa Garcia. And I'm Summers McKay. And we are part of the team behind the Optimist Daily, making solutions the news. We bring you reader-funded solutions news every day in order to change the tenor of news media, social media, and the direction of your day to help us all get focused on solutions. Seven days a week, we publish positive news stories written by award-winning journalists and delivered online to your inbox and through our social channels. And also, we are sharing the solutions in a commute-worthy, walk-worthy, and home office-worthy podcast. Today is Friday, the 22nd of April, 2022. TGIF, Carissa, how are you? TGIF, and happy Earth Day. Oh, gosh, that's right. Well, so Christy and I celebrated Earth Day yesterday on the pod because we thought it was Earth Day, but then it turns out today is Earth Day, so (laughs) we've just been, like, earthing it up for days. Well, technically, it's Earth Week this week, so, and the whole month of April is Earth Month, but every day is Earth Day, really, so... Exactly. Like we should probably take care of our Earth every day. Mm-hmm. So are you doing anything fun this weekend to celebrate Earth Day? <laughs> um, I guess I will be camping this weekend a little bit in the desert. So that's kind of celebrating the Earth. Let's let's dig a little deeper on this camping in the <laughs> desert. You very young, cool person. What will you be camping in the desert doing? <laughs> Well, I will be camping for this music festival, Coachella, so I'm very excited. I'm a little nervous because it's a big crowd and it's been a while. Mm -hmm. I've actually been right the year before the pandemic started. Yeah. And so it's been a while since I've been, since anyone's really been, so I'm a little bit nervous, but I think it will be fun. I'm excited to go camping. I love sleeping in a tent. so exciting. It's so fun. I mean, I love that. I love that you are going to Coachella. Christy and I were marveling over our days and our lives when we had the time and space to go to festivals and disappear for several days into sort of the ethos of collective music and collective joy and celebration. Mm -hmm. And I just feel like that's such a beautiful thing that you guys are doing. And I'm grateful that the world is opening up in a way and the pandemic has evolved in a way that allows us to come together again. Yeah. This weekend, actually in Dripping Springs, Texas, which is the Mm -hmm. little tiny town that I live in outside of Austin, we are celebrating Founders Day. And Mm. Founders Day is its festival in its own right. And I guess it also has not happened for two years because of the pandemic. So this will be my first Founders Day. But apparently it is just like why people love living in Dripping Springs. We call it the drip. And (laughs) it's just a collection of people getting together and music and booths. And I'm going to be taking my little one with one of my best friends here in Austin. And I'm just really, really excited Mm -hmm. because even though I don't get to go like play in the desert and camp under the stars for days, like all you cool young people do. I'm getting my own little version of a festival this weekend too. Oh, that's so fun. I love tiny little local festivals. It's so fun to bring everybody, you know, close together. And I bet there will be some good little food booths too. Oh yeah. I remember back home, we would have a chocolate festival every year because there used to be a Hershey's factory and it was so good. I love trying all the chocolate and it was so yummy. 
apparently <laughs> there is this huge barbecue cook-off. I, you know, living in Texas and and all of this barbecue is local. A lot of it's local grown and farmed and mm-hmm. farm raised. And so there's a big barbecue cook-off. And I guess like all the food is free because they're competing for the best barbecue of drip. So Oh, even better. So you tip the folks, right? But they're there really competing for this mark of, you know, success of earning, you know, the best of drip barbecue. So I likewise am a little nervous because my daughter has never been in a fair environment, right? Brennan's whole life, she's she's like a COVID kid, right? Yeah. It will be interesting to see how she does. But we practiced at the bunny farm last weekend, her being around people. So we'll see. It should be fun or a total disaster. Either way, Mm -hmm. I am very excited for this weekend. (laughs) But that also is because I just read a bunch of really cool headlines and really cool stories on the Optimist Daily today. Do we want to take on spring cleaning or community development first? Which one should we go with? Um, Let's do some spring cleaning, I guess. Okay, then you you go first. Yeah, I'll dig into my headline, which is four eco-conscious ways to dispose of old clothing. I picked this headline because I have a lot of clothes. That is one of my guilty facts about myself. I have a lot of clothes, but recently for me, I've been trying to kind of develop more of, and it's kind of a trend right now, a capsule wardrobe, just having a lot of basic pieces that you can switch out and they'll last for a long time. So I've been trying to do that and doing better, but I still have a lot of clothes from over the years that I need to get rid of at some point. Mm -hmm. I should go through my closet. Mm -hmm. So these are some good tips. I have like tons of maternity clothes that I still have been like just wearing Mm because I didn't ever un-maternity from the COVID days. Yeah. And then I have all of my clothes from literally back when I was young and went to festivals. (laughs) So I have have so many boxes of clothes because I didn't want to throw them away because I knew that wasn't the right choice. Yeah. What do we do with them? So number one, you can use old clothes for filling pillows or pet beds, for example. But if you know you don't have the time or you won't do it, you can also offer your scraps to other online groups or marketplaces Hmm. and they can take those off your hands and use them for their own crafts. They're always, I guess, looking for them. Oh. Yeah. It's interesting because this article actually references buy nothing groups and Mm. I never even thought about the fact that I might not have time as a crafty mom to do this, but there are a lot of buy nothing groups on Facebook where it's people who are looking for stuff that you can just offer to give away and they will find a good way to use it. So- Mm. I love the buy nothing groups. What else? Well, also on the same topic, if you have a garment with sentimental value, you can create or hire someone to create a cute throw pillow or another ornamental piece so you can keep it close to your heart. I love this idea because I've been meaning to do this with some of the clothes that I have from my grandfather that passed away a couple years ago. And I've been meaning to, I've seen these online for years doing pillows or something of the sort. So I definitely want to do that someday. I think that's so cute too. So our next tip is just bring back the classic rag. If your clothes are made out of observant fabrics like cotton, so lots of t-shirts and stuff, you can ditch paper towels and clean more sustainably by cutting your garment into handy cleaning rags. And our third tip, you can find alternative donation sites. Most clothing donation sites won't take holy socks and ripped t-shirts, but animal shelters might need them to help care for their rescues. Or some schools or daycares might put fabric scraps to use for arts and crafts projects. There's probably a lot of local organizations that could use your old clothes so you can call your local waste management hotline and they should have a list of organizations 
that rescue your old textiles. Actually, when we got here, when we moved to Texas, um, I had a lot of bedding, of old bedding that we mm-hmm. no longer needed. And the animal shelters were delighted to take that. So that was a very cool thing. I think that was a, a tip that we had last year. So that's a great reminder. Yeah. And your very last resort could be to scrap it. If none of these work for you, you can take your clothes to a donation bin as opposed to a thrift store. And they will sort your clothing. And if it has value, it'll be shredded and reused. This is kind of last resort because it has its imperfections. Dumping old clothes in a donation bin, though, is still better than sending it directly to a landfill. Now, I know that there are some companies, and I think it was H&M brand for a while, that you could bring a bag Mm -hmm. of clothes to be recycled at H&M. So we should look into maybe highlighting a list and adding to the story to find a list of companies where you can donate your clothes, definitely in the greater United States and, and some of the other areas that our readers are. Because taking your clothes to a thrift store or Goodwill, actually a lot of the clothes that end up at Goodwill do end up in landfill. So the plan is to take them somewhere that won't dump them in landfill mm-hmm. and instead put them back into the system in some way. Exactly. I feel slightly better. I now know what I'm going to do with, you know, some of the more sentimental pieces, and then I can more comfortably release some of the pieces that, mm-hmm. you know, like the yoga pants that have the hole in it that I've worn 3,000 <laughs> times. All right. Well, from spring cleaning to community renovation, restoration, and growth, my headline reads How Slum Residents in India Are Redesigning Their Future Homes. How do you successfully help residents of a slum move into housing that improves their quality of life while maintaining a strong sense of community? When those of us who have never lived in or experienced a slum think about slums in impoverished countries, one often thinks about the poor living conditions but neglects to think about the intense family bonds and community connections that are developed there based on the needs of living in an informal settlement. Well, the way that this is being expanded is by bringing the Indian residents into the design process and hearing them out, finding out what they need in order to move from a slum. At least this is what's happening in an informal settlement in the Indian city of Amangar. Now I'm going to mispronounce all these names. I wish Christy was on here to correct me. The neighborhood, which is called Sanjanagar, has existed for more than 40 years with some residents living together with as many as 11 other family members in one single room. To those of us who have never lived that way, that sounds terrifying or terrible, but to those who have lived their whole lives that way, that is simply how communities are. Conditions are bound to improve, though, and create more space soon as some residents are now moving to their own new apartments as part of the first phase of community design. The project was led by a considerable degree by the residents themselves. Now, one of the managing directors of the Community Design Association, Sanja Naidu Janardan, is quoted as saying, One of the critical aspects of this process was to have the community be the decision makers, whilst the architects and social workers acted as facilitators. Overall, the project intends to replace homes hosting almost 300 families with bright, low-rise apartment buildings that feature community spaces and plentiful greenery. 
The project itself was funded by the Curry Stone Foundation and Architectural Foundation together with the Indian government, as well as a contribution from each family to cover part of the construction. Once again, this is not a decision made by outside forces putting in, but instead a whole community collaboration. Yeah, this sounds like it's going to give a lot of opportunities to the people of the area. It's also giving communities a say. It, you know, I think we talked about yesterday, the day before, about protecting land, indigenous communities being the voice to protect land. Yeah. And giving them the opportunity and the say in how to grow and restore. This is really about ensuring that these communities maintain their relationships and bonds, but also minimize overcrowded homes, increase safety, and increase access to basic amenities like potable water, which previously the slum itself did not have. What this also will give the opportunity for all of the residents of this community is to not feel shame or stigmatization that exists from living in a slum. Janardin tells Fast Company, young employable men and women do not reveal which neighborhood they are from in order to make the cut for a job interview. After this redevelopment, the government will no longer classify this particular neighborhood as a slum, and the new neighborhood will provide not just a safe, healthy, and vibrant place to live, but opportunity for future generations to flourish and thrive both socially and economically. On a personal story, I have a very good friend who grew up in India, and we were talking about co-sleeping. And our daughter, our two-and-a-half-year-old, still sleeps right in the middle of my husband and I. We still share a bed. She has her own bed, but she doesn't sleep there, and I don't know when it's going to stop. My friend reminded me that she co-slept with her parents until her brother had moved out of the house, and she had her own room because the proximity, the space, the assumption that we would be in separate rooms or separate places was just not something that existed culturally in her experience. And that was a really beautiful shift for me and the assumption that people who are living in these close quarters and these tight communities would resent that. So it's not necessarily that community structure that is resented, but it is the lack of access to amenities as well as safety. And so taking care of that, building these communities so that there are courtyards in each apartment building, bridges connecting community gardens, bridges connecting apartments, space for shared child care, All of this not siloed living, but instead creating community apartments really maintains the robust and vibrant nature of the neighborhood's community prior. So I love this story because it's just a reminder, don't assume that we have the solution. Ask what the solution might be, and the solution can come from the community. Local, individual, indigenous wisdom and community wisdom is often far more powerful than somebody from the outside giving their opinion. So I love it. I do too. What else do we have today on the Optimist Daily? Let's see. Well, some other stories we have today include calculating fairness, BU's new software shows workers their wage gap, six ways to support solar energy without buying panels, study finds the upside to imposter syndrome, and a woman born without a chunk of her brain highlights its amazing plasticity. I'm sure you knew that one was hard for me not to pick since I'm such a brain geek. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know you love the brain. I do. I also love the space stories, how to catch the Lyriad meteor shower this Ooh. Earth Day. Chris, I'm sure you'll be able to see that out in the desert. I hope so. And then celebrate Earth Day by planting 
native plants and neglecting them. Also a story that was hard for me not to choose because I love native and climate appropriate planting and I love not raking. (laughs) These are my favorite things. (laughs) It's a fun day on The Optimist Daily. It is a fun day here on earth. We are grateful to be here. We are grateful for all of our listeners. Thank you guys for being part of our mission to change the world for good, sharing one solution-based story at a time. We promise to keep doing what we do, covering current events with accuracy, legitimate sources, and offering you the information needed most to chart new paths for all of us. And we hope you'll keep doing what you do, which is sharing us on social media, supporting us by becoming an emissary, and telling everyone at whatever festival you're at this weekend that The Optimist Daily is your favorite news source. Yes, indeed. Be part of the solution changing consciousness and addressing our world's biggest challenges with a problem solving mindset. Let's keep the Optimist Daily free to all who need it, supported by those who can. Thanks for listening, guys, and I hope you have an amazing Earth Day, an amazing weekend. Bye, Summers. It was good to see you today and be on the pod with you. It was wonderful to be with you, Carissa. Everybody, we'll be back on Monday with more solutions.